well, the Eagles came into the rain and rained on Tom Brady's day. Welcome to the Bird's Nest Podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thank you so much for joining us. The Eagles pulled out their first victory of the season, downing the Patriots by a score of 25-20 to in an ugly Sunday late afternoon game, and I'm not just talking about the weather. It's difficult to win in the NFL, and today's game was a real reminder of that. The Eagles did not do their best performance over the course of the game. And while the Eagles came away with a victory today, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done if the Eagles are going to have an awesome season like what many fans are expecting. So let's talk about this Eagles game and what happened. And the game really started off great for the Eagles. They were able to drive down the field for the most part, especially throughout the first quarter, absent a few errors that were wiped away by penalties. Notably, Hertz fumbled a snap that was wiped away by an offsides penalty, and Hertz would later be sacked in the quarter for a loss of four, but that was wiped out by a defensive holding penalty. So the Eagles really benefited from a solid performance in the first quarter and a few key Patriots mistakes that occurred very early on. And the Eagles were able to drive down the field predominantly on the hands of Kenny Gainwell, who had the bulk of the run game over the course of the game today. Gainwell was the main ball carrier throughout the game. He rushed 14 yards for 54 yards. His longest rush was 16 yards. The first quarter was where the defense really shone, too. The team was able to hold the Patriots to zero points in the first quarter. And on the Patriots' first drive, Mac Jones threw the ball to Kendrick Bourne that was deflected into the hands of Darius Slay, which delivered the first pick six of the season. And this was something that got everybody excited. Huge momentum shifter in the Eagles' favor very early had echoes of everything that we needed. The very next drive, the ball was handed off to Ezekiel Elliott, who signed with the Patriots this offseason. Zeke proceeded to fumble the ball, and new Eagle Zach Cunningham came up with the recovery. So these were two solid showings by the Eagles' defense that got the game started on the right foot. But once the second quarter came around and people started to settle into how things were going and the Patriots were able to get worked out some of those early game errors, the Eagles became uncharacteristically dormant. The Eagles and Patriots traded three and outs throughout the second quarter until the Patriots started dialing up some no-huddle, up-tempo offenses. The Eagles didn't really have an answer to those up-tempo offenses. They couldn't get the defense to adjust to it, and the offense really didn't have answers to it at all. They continued to do their three and outs. So the Patriots were able to score two unanswered touchdowns at the end of the first half that brought the score to 16-14. The Eagles went into halftime with four three-and-outs in a row, which the previous season would have been absolutely unheard of. In the second half, the Eagles were able to get it back together and were able to get a few more points on the board. The only points in the third quarter came at the foot of Jake Elliott. But they couldn't ever drive the final nail into the coffin and left the Patriots with enough room to hang around until that final whistle. The Eagles' longest play of the game was a 23-yard catch by A.J. Brown in the fourth quarter. 
It was topped by another would-be 48-yard catch that was initially ruled as such until the Patriots challenged it and they reviewed the replay and found that uh, A.J. Brown had actually bobbled the ball going out of bounds. So they reversed the call. But before that play, the longest play of the game was that Kenny Gainwell 16-yard run, which was a great run, but it happened in the first quarter, and there weren't any real plays to top that in terms of distance, especially when the Eagles were going three and out throughout most of the second quarter, throughout all of the second quarter for that matter. Now, Jalen Hurts was 22 for 33 in the passing game. He threw for 170 yards. He was sacked three times. That led to an 89.2 passer rating. He also ran nine times for 37 yards. Hertz did have one passing touchdown over the course of the game, but at times it seemed like Hertz had to be reminded that he had all-star receivers like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard, usually some of his favorites. Now, Goddard was wide open a few times on a couple of plays, and Hertz just didn't see him or otherwise couldn't get to him, so Goddard had zero targets going into the fourth quarter. Now, when Goddard did see the ball, he did make a critical drop so he does not have any receptions over the course of this game. He only has one official target. So this was not Dallas Goddard's best performance. A.J. Brown rallied to get seven catches for 79 yards, and Devontae Smith got seven catches of his own for 47 yards. He had the Eagles' only passing touchdown. Both of those two were targeted 10 times over the course of the game, but for a while, Brown, Smith, and Goddard had the same number of targets as Kenny Gainwell, Quez Watkins, and DeAndre Swift. And this is not generally a good thing for the passing game when your star receivers are not getting as many targets as guys who are really there to just offer additional weapons and additional outlets there. Bill Belichick is notorious for being able to isolate out the Eagles' biggest threat, uh, and really the any opponent's biggest threat. That's one of the reasons why he's been in the NFL for so long and been a head coach for so long. He is really good at identifying and isolating that. And for a while, that was what was happening with those three star receivers there. Defensively, the Eagles allowed Mac Jones to have his fifth 300-yard passing game of his career. Mac Jones went 35 for 54 in passing attempts. He had three passing touchdowns with one interception. The Eagles were able to clamp down on the run game, allowing just 76 yards on the ground among Jones and the three running backs on the Patriots. Special teams did allow a 43-yard punt return by the Patriots in a continued show of how lackluster the special teams unit's performance is. A lot of the same special teams pieces were kept, including the special teams coordinator. Special teams was the Eagles' weakest area of the three offense, defense, and special teams. Special teams was the weakest link in the previous season. And keeping special teams coordinator Michael Clay on, hopefully he might have learned something from the previous season, but today's performance did not instill much hope about that occurring. The Eagles only had seven hits on the quarterback in this game. All of them came in the second half. And we talked about the Slay pick six already, but Slay should have had another pick late in the game when he was caught off the receiver deep, but he raced back. And that was something that was really, really special. Even though Slay couldn't pull the pick in, he actually, 
it was off of his hands. He was pulling it in and then it kind of bounced off of his face mask and out of bounds. But the fact that Slay was able to make the adjustment from seeing that he was caught off of the targeted receiver to be able to run back to the sideline and be able to get himself into a position where he could break the pass up, potentially grab the interception. That was a huge play, and I was really impressed by that when I saw it. So, mad props to Slay there. Now, the Eagles' defense wasn't really all that loud, but when they needed to, the Eagles' defense did step up. Notably, the Eagles didn't have any hit sacks on the quarterback going into the fourth quarter, but in the fourth quarter, they had two. The first was on the penultimate drive for the Patriots, when Josh Sweat and Jordan Davis combined for a sack that was critical because it caused the Patriots to lose seven yards and get knocked out of field goal range. Jalen Carter in his rookie debut also had a strong sack and the final drive of the game where he was able to get Mac Jones and force him into a third and two sticks, third and 13 situation instead of a third and short situation that very easily could have happened if Carter doesn't get there. So, huge props to Carter in that regard. And yet, at the same time, the Eagles' front four needs to get a little bit more push. The Eagles' front four needs to figure out, okay, how are we going to get more pressure on the quarterback? Now, admittedly, the Eagles are facing better teams this year than they were last year, but that doesn't change the fact that the Eagles do need to improve in that domain. If there was a game ball to give out, I'd probably give, be giving it to Jake Elliott. Uh, number four, he was rock solid throughout this game. He was perfect on field goals. He had three from 45 or more out. One of them did clang off of the left upright before it bounced in, but it still counted, so that's good. And it certainly had the distance to have been good for probably about 60. He missed an extra point in the first quarter that did keep the team from going up 17-0. to but overall, Jake Elliott was exceptional as a kicker, uh, and without him, we're definitely singing a very different tune because without him, the Eagles don't have nearly as many of the scores as they do. The Eagles got two touchdowns, so most of the Eagles' scoring was on field goals. On the punter end, as was announced over the weekend and basically confirmed by Michael Clay on Thursday, the Eagles did activate Aaron Sipos from the practice squad. He has two more activations remaining. Aaron Sipos was lackluster as a punter and certainly leaves Eagles fans wondering how things are going with the punter auditions that are ongoing. He had decent distance, don't get me wrong about that, but his hang time was clocked unofficially twice during this game by me. I clocked him at 4.66 seconds worth of hang time, which is okay. It's not bad, but it's also not ideal for a team that has real Super Bowl contentions. A couple of injury notes while we're talking about things. Reed Blankenship got banged up while making a tackle midway through the second quarter. He did miss two snaps. He came right back in. That wasn't a big deal. Nicobe Dean was arguably the bigger loss, being the green dot. His absence is significant. He did wind up going to the locker room late in the third quarter. Eagles beat reporter Jeff McLean for the Philadelphia Inquirer. He reported on Twitter after the game that he noticed that N'Kobe Dean was wearing a walking boot in the locker room, which is not always a good sign. He is reportedly scheduled to go through an MRI on Monday, so we'll see what winds up on that front there. 
Christian Ellis subbed in for him and was wearing the green dot while Dean was out for the game. Fletcher Cox did also go down late in the fourth quarter. He was able to get off on his own power. And James Bradbury suffered a head-to-head hit with a teammate, Terrell Edmonds. Bradbury very clearly did not want to get off the field, but the refs basically made him get off. So there was blood. It was a whole thing. He needed to leave the field. So there's a lot to be excited about with this Eagles team. The Eagles were able to deliver when it mattered. The Eagles still have a great kicker. They have a great first quarter defense. Reed Blankenship stood out on defense with 12 tackles, nine of them solo. He made heads-up plays that forced the Patriots to make serious errors. Jalen Carter had his highlights. Cam Jurgens on the offensive line was able to open up that gaping hole that allowed Kenny Gainwell to take off in the first quarter. And yet there's a lot to improve, like the mid-game defense. There were some communication issues that forced a timeout to be burned on a field goal attempt, and overall just controlling the game from top to bottom. So the Eagles do have a lot of ground to make up and not a lot of time to do it this week. They head home to Philadelphia and kick off a Thursday night football offer on Amazon Prime Video on Thursday night at Lincoln Financial Field. If you're in the Philly area and you're not subscribed to Amazon Prime, you can watch the game on Fox 29 over the air. This was confirmed by an Eagles spokesperson shortly before taping this episode. There is a lot of room for improvement, but it was an ugly win. Plus, we rained on the Tom Brady celebration, and that's always a good day. Let me know what you think in the comments below. What are your bright spots? What has you concerned heading into the short week? Let me know. And thank you so much to everybody for tuning in to the Birds Nest podcast. You can support the Birds Nest podcast by liking and subscribing to Birds Nest Media on YouTube and sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. And you can visit birdsnestmedia.com for written pieces and the latest Eagles news. If you feel so inclined to support us, you can also check out our Patreon, which is in the description below, or at birdsnestmedia.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's go Eagles!